This is a sermon podcast from Ashland First United Methodist Church in Ashland, Oregon. Visit us online at ashlandmethodist.org for more sermons like this, church information, and how to get involved. Ashland Methodist, a community of open hearts, open minds, and open doors. Through Pentecost, we've been talking about the early church. Uh, The readings of Pentecost are just sort of rich with kind of what happens. We have a group of Jesus uh, followers who form a group together, and they begin to do marvelous things, and then their leader is arrested and tried and crucified, and their group is thrown into kind of a new spin. What do we do? What happened? How do they make sense of that? Uh, And at Pentecost, with the Spirit coming in, a new forming comes into place. The, The group is reformed. Sometimes we use that word to mean that it wasn't so good, we need reform in here. But The word really just means to form again, to take a lump of clay and make it into something else. Same clay, same beautiful clay, but now it's going to be a pot or a lantern or a light. So Pentecost and the story surrounding Pentecost are a great way to kind of look at what is group formation? What, is, what happens? How do groups form? What are the developmental stages of a group? And in the 1960s, Bruce Tuckman came up with a really interesting and I think really relevant um, way of thinking about group formation. And um, uh, John Pilch and uh, Bruce Molina, who do a lot of work in biblical context, in their Acts commentary, they break it out according to these ideas as well. And so I thought, this is great. Let's bring this, let's take a look at how groups are formed. Uh, Yes, it's on. I am so... I'm not lucky with this. You know how some... Did, Did it go? You did it. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's hard to read the writing, but so those, those words are forming, storming, norming, performing, adjourning. Pretty clever, right? Tuckman clearly liked language. And these are, these are the ideas that he had. And, I, and you can see on the hopscotch, you kind of got to start somewhere, right? So every group kind of starts somewhere. There is a beginning place where things are formed. Next slide. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, It seems like, I'm not sure. I could turn it on and off again. Let's try that. Ah, it shook. That's a good sign. But not working. Okay, well, that's all right. Well, we'll keep troubleshooting. So this group of wonderful volunteers, they have decided 
we want to start a church, right? They're super excited. Can you see they have volunteers? They're smiling. Stock photography for the win. But don't they look happy, right? They're coming together. They're high energy. Nobody's exactly sure what their group is going to look like, but they are super, super excited to get started. Um, and uh, not only do sort of plans get thrown around, we can do this or we can do that or we can do the other thing, but next slide. The selfie start, right? Hashtag awesome, right? We, we share on social media, we share our joy of this forming group. It's like, ooh, everybody here is awesome. There was so much excitement going on. And that's, that's a beginning of kind of group formation, right? That's how we, how we do it. Next slide. Good vibes only. We're in a really good vibes place. Endorphins, happiness, it's all feeling pretty good. So we look at, next slide, we look at the biblical uh, version of this, and you can see all through the Bible these different groups getting started, right? These different letters tell us about these different uh, uh, churches that start all over Asia and Syria and Judea, and Jesus himself is at the beginning of a group formation by going to the disciples, going out to the fisher boats and saying, follow me, right? Will you be part of this movement? Will you form a group with me? And the excitement is palpable. Next slide. Right? uh, Next slide. Hashtag awesome, right? So this is what forming looks like. And here you can see with the Pentecost flame, this is a reforming, right? Not because anything bad had happened before, but because good things are happening again, that from the calling of the disciples as the beginning of the Jesus group, Pentecost becomes the forming, the beginning of uh, the church itself. And the church is going to be... the church is being brought up from there. They, they went through the whole circle, right, where they ended up in mourning because they lost their leader. And this is a renewal again. So you can see that groups, they, 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 they're cyclical. You know, they move back and forth. They start in forming, uh, uh, forming, norming, performing, end in adjourning, and then they start again. And this is a beautiful cycle of groups that keep things fresh, it keeps things interesting, and it invites new people in. Uh, Next slide. This is the harder phase, forming, storming, norming, performing, and adjourning. And this is the phase of storming. And when I first read this, I was super excited because to me this seemed like, oh, man, you know, when you're like... If you ever decided you're, you're going to go camping, right, and you get over the part where you really hate all the paraphernalia, and now you're packing up, and you're ready to storm that campsite. You got your marshmallows, you got your chocolates, you got your graham crackers, and you're ready. So to me, this was a really positive word. And as I read what Tuckman did with it, I realized, oh, yeah, there's that messy part of group formation where we're, we're struggling to get along where people have different ideas about what the group should do and how the group should handle itself. We don't really have a unified idea and lots of people involved who are all good folks. So as the next slide, so as all the energizing warm-up happens, what should we do? Which direction should we go? Should we take this train or should we take that train? Are we headed into Turkey or are we headed into Syria? Because it's a different thing. Different groups. How do we do that? Next slide. In our Sunday school classes, 
We are shown pictures of the forming of the new church, and oftentimes it's like everybody just agrees. Or the forming of the Jesus group. Yeah, everybody's on board, woohoo! But you know that there are people in that group who are not on board with whatever is going on. Look, the guy in this back corner is like looking at the camera like, huh, I don't know, I don't know about this at all. And this is a really, really important generative process because in hearing different points of view, in even having some conflict as we work out the different things that are possible, good things can happen. You'll learn things that you never learned before. Peter is sharing with the crowd that Christ has risen. His whole goal in this story today from Acts is to share with people that Christ is risen. We are told 3,000 people came to belief. How many people didn't? And there's different ways to come to the same idea. God is still with those who did not come to baptism and is still very much in the midst of how they are forming. And we have to remember that. Because, you know, next slide, there are some crazy ideas that are going to come up, like who decided to dye the pink sheep for our ad campaign? Who decided that? Like, what on earth is that all about? Or the next one, what? Who decided we're supposed to dress up like stormtroopers and go and stand out on the ledge? Whose idea was this? Next slide. We want to know why, what are you talking about? What, the group has these important conversations about why we're doing what we're doing and, and sharing all these ideas. And that was sort of our, remember the marshmallow test. We talked about the marshmallows, building the marshmallows. And a group of people gets together and uses spaghetti and tape to make a tower with a marshmallow. You think there might be some agreements or disagreements within that group. And yet in the end, guess what they end up with? A spaghetti tower with a marshmallow, which I guess isn't that super exciting. But the part of that where we get to work together, where we get to hear each other, where we get to struggle with ideas in order to learn and grow, that part is good. Next slide. Oh, yes, this slide. Unfortunately, sometimes it can really be hard and we can end up feeling that fight or flight we can end up feeling angry or frustrated. Nobody listens to my ideas. I've been working on this since I was knee high to a grasshopper. All those things that, um, that are real, right? They're real, and they're important to talk about. Next slide. One of the things that, uh, the next slide. Oh, okay. So I really loved this photo <clears throat> uh, because these are two beautiful, perfect, majestic birds. Aren't they just absolutely, God has made both of them perfect, right? And yet, even these birds sometimes come to conflict. And looking at when there are conflict with groups that are forming, sometimes we can think, well, that other group is bad. Or uh, Peter, when the person who's not baptized walks away, Peter could say, well, they're evil, right? And so how we treat those within our groups that might disagree with us um, or who are part of our group formation is important to remember that we are equally beautiful, equally worthy, and equally majestic. 
all of us. Next slide. And who knows, maybe the superhero, the super stormtrooper thing will pay off and people will get going. And the next thing you know, next slide, it is an Instagram madness, stormtrooper church, hashtag awesome. And it's gone viral. And now everybody's talking about stormtrooper church all because of somebody's crazy idea. You just never know. Hey, this totally happens, right? I'm not kidding about that. So the next part is norming. We get to a place where the, the conflict quiets a bit, right? And we start going, okay, we've agreed to where the spaghetti sticks are going to go. And we're going to tape them up this way. And we're going to add a few more spaghetti sticks here. And this part is called norming, where we get, uh, next slide, we get new norms that establish, like um, whenever you go and visit uh, Sarah and Abraham, you have to sit under the oaks of Mamre. Of course, that's what we all do. Right, we've been doing this for centuries. This image is powerfully associated with that story. Next, next slide. We begin to develop shared values and shared language. So that when I say something or you say something, we hear each other as we mean to be heard rather than hearing from different languages. And this was a hugely important part of Pentecost, right? Like we all know that some of those translations, they're not one-to-one. And so when I say something in uh, English and you're a Greek speaker, we may not be actually hearing what we mean to say. And so developing that shared language and those shared values becomes really, really important. Um, the next slide. Oh, is uh, so the early church um, enacted rituals of baptism, foot washing. There was a whole series of agreed on scriptures. This did not come easily. Monks, bishops came to blows with each other as they decided. Some of them were exiled and had to run away. This is huge because it matters so much. Because these groups, when they come together, they're doing such important work. But part of it is we have to take that seriously. And, and so these big conversations of the early church did cause some conflict. But hanging in there, good, good things come out of it. Uh, next slide. So events significant to the community become part of the normal uh, everyday life of the community. Next slide. Um, this is the performing aspect. Next slide. So that the shared supper that happened the one time in Passover becomes performing that ritual time after time as a way of reinforcing our shared understanding of what we're all doing here and our shared love for each other. So if I was suddenly to, instead of have bread and grape juice for communion, if I was suddenly to have um, uh, apples and um, Twinkies, Lord in your mercy, That'd be really different. And we'd have to unpack that as a group. In fact, sometimes with communion bread, if it's cut into pieces rather than torn open, right, we have trouble with the difference. Well, I want it to be torn open and put in my hand. Well, I want it to be safe and, and sanitary so I can just grab one, right? So churches and communities have actually sometimes some pretty substantial arguments about that. 
right? Um, and throughout the church history, you can see lots of argument about what the communion wafer, wafer should look like and what it should do and what it should be made with and how it should be made and what it should be stamped with. Very, very, very detailed because what we're seeking, right? We can laugh, but we're, what are we seeking? We're seeking that shared sense that we're in this together, that this belongs to us, that we have worked through the bumps so we can be our group together performing what we know in our hearts to be the beautiful expression of God in this place. Next slide. So Jesus, on that fateful last week, had his disciples through this process. They had formed, they had normed, and they were performing their values, coming into Jerusalem with the donkey, to demonstrate what? That the king of, the true king of David, the rightful heir and ruler of Judea was an agrarian, humble servant king. And not a mighty warrior. He does not come in on a war horse. He does not rule over people. Next slide. <clears throat> yes the performance of cleansing the temple. Jesus makes the values of the new group known. We do not exploit the poor in God's house. End of story. So this, next slide, this leads to a sense of tremendous triumph in the new group. We've formed something, we've done something, we've shared our values, we believe in it. And we are going to celebrate. Woohoo! You can bet as they came into the upper room after being in, the, in driving people from the money changers, do you think their adrenaline was probably going? Like maybe there'll be some real change now. Maybe, maybe this is a turning point where all the poor will be cared for and that we will have rulers who will not try to take from the widow, but will instead reinvest in order that all might have that shared life in Christ that Dorita talked about so beautifully. Our values there. The early church really, really pulls forward those values. Next slide. Unfortunately, this too shall pass. We come to, in group formations, the adjourning, and sometimes I've put it in brackets there, the mourning, where things change, and for the Jesus group, they changed in a hurry. Jesus knew, and he tried to prepare folks, but man, if I had been there in that upper room, I would hold on so hard. The last thing I would be able to conceive of <clears throat> was my beautiful, beautiful Jesus of Nazareth being in any way harmed or taken or removed from me. I'd be leaning on him really hard, hope for that new world. I want to perform those values over and over and over again. And it left the Jesus movement bereft. Next slide. An interesting thing is that when we go through these <clears throat> group motions, I've just sort of broken it out, like an academics like to do, right? They, they like to say there's this one thread, as if that thread doesn't have a whole ecology, if it's not, as if it's not tied. When you pull one thread of a tapestry, what happens? If you pull one thread of a spider web, what happens? The whole thing comes together. <clears throat> and 
the truth is that we don't form groups alone in isolation on a desert island. And if we did, we'd split and have different groups, right? Because diversity, richness of thought, richness of conversation, richness of ideas is part of what God has blessed us with. And the Sanhedrin, the high priests, what phase are they in, do you think? They look like they're storming to me because they have bad, had the interaction of the Jesus group calling them out. You have to do something differently. But their own group is not of one mind and they become tumultuous and angry and in conflict. And you can see they come to violence. Next slide. I love this slide because doesn't it look like Pentecost? Except that this is the Sanhedrin marching on the Garden of Gethsemane to arrest Jesus. There is power in group formation, power in what we choose to do and how we choose to do it. Um, just to, it's difficult to step into politics in any way, but if you just look at the big picture of the different kinds of politics, you can see that each group has a lot of energy and they apply it differently according to different values, according to different sense of the world. They have a shared language. And we have to go back to that image of those beautiful cranes in your mind. We have to resist the urge to dehumanize one of those birds, to say that one of those birds is bad, and recognize that we are made, all of us, in the love and care of God. And somehow grappling with that together is the most powerful thing we can do. Next slide. Back to Peter. Peter in Acts, Pentecost has lit up the, uh, the Christ believers. They have been reformed. <clears throat> they are ready to take on uh, the next thing. They 3,000 step up to be baptized. Um, but the early church does not experience, as we write the Pollyanna in me, where everything is suddenly great, and you hear the music, um, oh, like maybe Winnie the Pooh, deep in the hundred acre wood, where Christopher Robin, isn't that lovely? Who wants that world? Where Christopher Robin played. I was five. I wanted that world really bad. It looked perfect. Is that the world we have or is that the world we work to inherit? And we get sometimes. So even among the early church goers, so Peter has formed a new church, the apostles have formed a new church, and this image is from the Jerusalem Council because a man named Paul of Tarsus is causing trouble. Paul is claiming that the grace of the gospel that Jesus brought isn't just for Judeans. But is for everybody. And this, again, comes to blows, comes to Paul running for it, and I'm sure a few other people had to run for it too. Because it's hard when you reform, because you are reforming again and again. In our own United Methodist um, tradition, we are experiencing this forming or reforming 
Can we form together as a group fully inclusive that everybody is beloved and equal before God? Or are we going to divide and say our differences are too much? That is the task of group formation. Can we get there? Can we step over the barriers of values, the barriers of differences of opinion, the barriers of two beautiful, majestic things, each flying maybe a different way, and how, how do we make this work? To do something together, to share, truly share, the love of Christ and the direction of the group. Next slide. So that we get back to that place of high energy, of high hope. We're going on mission. Uh, we're going to have a, a guest preacher who tells us all about, we're gonna bring in, I'm gonna ask one of the Maslow folks to come and speak to us, uh, and it will stir your heart, I promise you. We begin these new things, stepping out together, learning our language together, <clears throat> sharing our hopes together, recognizing God in each other, not putting aside difference as if it's never there, but using it to help us be a better group together. Together, team church, together. Last slide. Back to my frustration with English doesn't have a second person plural, so we're going to rephrase this and we're going to say, y'all got this, right? Y'all got this. We got this. We all got this. This is such a good place. We could totally spam Instagram with hashtag awesome. I love that about us. I love that about us. I love that being here, I have learned about all so many gifts, so many different directions, so many hopes. I'm not even here a year yet, but I see the good here. Deep, deep good. I believe in it. I do. And as we continue our process of group formation, I'm counting on all of us to step up to it. And hashtag awesome. Be a little corny too. That is my heart's hope in this place for all of us as beloved children of God. Amen. Let us take just a minute of reflection. <clears throat>